Welcome to the Growth Hammer Fifth. Okay, do that again, but don't add it. <laughs> Growth You are listening to the Fifth Hammer Growth Podcast, where we help you find harmony in imperfection as you journey towards success in life and in business. So a couple of years ago, we were working in microformulas. Um, I was CEO. Uh, Spencer was chief of staff. Dave was VP of marketing. And I came into my office and there was a book. Do you remember what book that was? Um, it was a book by Seth Godin called What to Do When It's Your Turn. Yeah. And It's Always Your Turn. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was, it, there's a lot. And it's cool because it's kind of a compilation of short stories. Yeah. And there was a, there was a um, postcard inside the book and I opened it up and it was bookmarked to a story of Pythagoras and the fifth hammer. And on the back of that postcard, you wrote, you are the fifth hammer. And so that's kind of where the, where all of this has come from. And from that day on this concept of fifth hammer has been a, really a big part of, of kind of who we are and, and what we strive to be. And, and the story goes that um, most of you know, Pythagoras from his, he was, uh, Greek mathematician, um, the Pythagorean theory and, and, and theory and all and formulas and things that he'd done are, are used even today. So he had a huge impact in the world of math, but at one point he felt that he could solve the mysteries of the universe by understanding harmonics. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of what his, for a long time, that was his goal. And and a lot of what we know today from harmonics and, and how music interplays together comes from the research and the work that he did. Mm. Well, the legend goes that he was walking down the road. He was trying to clear his head. He was walking down the road, and he passed a smithy. And there were five blacksmiths that were working with their hammers. And every once in a while, all five of these hammers would strike at the same time, and it would create this incredible tone. And it was actually in his mind, it was the tone that he was looking for. And so harmony. He, yeah, yeah, it was that, that harmony, the tone. And so he ran in there and if you could just figure this dude in a robe running into a blacksmith shop, these guys were probably barrel chested, no shirt, like robe blows open. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? They were like, and he walks in there and he takes all their hammers from him and he takes these hammers back to his shop and they started studying these hammers. The interesting thing about it, and I, and I don't know the quite the the sequences exactly, but there were four hammers that were ma- in in ratio mathematically correct, um, and it and these four hammers were like, for example, if you know anything about uh, music or the chords, it's like I think hammer one and four were like a natural fifth, right? Three and three and five, three and four, or one and three, three and four, they all kind of combined into what we know as harmonics in today's music. And they were a natural fifth, a fourth, and they all kind of worked through there. But the one hammer, the fifth hammer, didn't match the yeah. the ratios. It didn't match the, the, the measurements in the mold. And Yeah. The and, and in fact, it was so out of whack that he, he discarded it. Right. Um, and it was interesting because as they started to work with these four hammers, they couldn't make the same tones. 
it wasn't the same sound that he was looking for until they brought that fifth hammer back in, even though it didn't match the, the, the ratios and it mathematically it was incorrect. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they brought that fifth hammer back in that it actually created the tone and the sound that they, that they liked and that they were looking for. And we think it's interesting because in business we have, uh, we have standard operating procedures. We have, we have things that are just, this systems is how things are done. There's systems and processes. Yeah. And for anybody that knows me, I'm not a systems and processes kind of guy. Um, I'm a shoot from the hip, um, passionate type leader. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think the, the cool thing is, is when you left that book on my desk and you, you, you called out the fact that you are the fifth hammer and it really helped us grow that company, um, to 50 million in annual revenue and, in, in, in just a little over four years and then have the type of exit that we had. And so the cool thing about this whole concept of the fifth hammer, it's finding harmony and imperfection, but it also highlights the, the four hammers that were the structure that were the, the standard operating procedures that were the, the processes and procedures that companies need, but yet still having a little bit of that fifth hammer in there to mix things up, to challenge the status quo, to constantly think about pushing yourself forward to get momentum, to drive momentum yeah. and to, to drive growth. Yeah. And that, and, and I think the, what's, there's so much about this story that uh, epitomizes who we are, how we lead, how we live. I think part of that is Ryan identified as the fifth hammer and I don't at all. Right. I, I identify as the other four. I like the organization. I like the structure. I like, um, all of that compartmentalized boxed up, you know, perfect like world, but I see value and I didn't always, I was very much like Pythagoras in his understudies. Mm -hmm. I didn't always see value in the fifth. Yeah. I'm like in the space between four and five because I spent a lot of my life and my career creating plans and strategies and everything had to be like perfect, had to have like the perfect plan. And then, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I learned this like concept of minimally viable frameworks, like mostly like from the software world. And I just fell in love with the idea that things don't have to be perfect to move forward. And then when I looked back at sort of early in my career and applying that concept to when I was playing music, dude, I, I was, we were terrible musicians. <laughs> But we built an audience because we just got started. We honed in on what we were good at and we, we amplified that. But like when I read that story, I sort of identified with that. The reason why I talk so much about the harmony and imperfection, because I really believe in embracing imperfection, especially in business. You know, a lot of times we run into bottlenecks because we try to get things to be so perfect. You know, and how many times have you been in a meeting and people are just beaten a concept of death with questions. And really we could have already had the answer if we just took a couple steps forward and tried a version of it. You know, there's always, always a minimally viable version of something that you can try to see if, if it's a valid concept. And the other thing I want to say is I've wrestled with this a lot over the last year as a marketer, microbe formulas had product market fit, like nothing I'd ever experienced. And what that led to was a wave of growth that sometimes felt like we were farting our way to 50 million. <laughs> and, you know, as I've been on direct consumer Twitter, I see people kind of 
they poo poo that. They think if you worked for a brand that had great product market fit, you're not a good marketer because it was easy. And, you know, I can kind of agree with that, but at the same time, I freaking dare you to try and ride that wave if you don't know how. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't embrace fifth hammer thinking, you're going to cause bottlenecks. It's going to slow down. You're going to fall off the wave. And we had, yeah, we had some tactics and a strategic framework that allowed us to ride that wave. Well, I think the last segment here, you know, we talked about what, what fifth hammer is, why we're doing this, but let's talk about who it's for. So I think that to answer that, I'll just talk a little bit about my, me getting involved with micro formulas. Um, and it, it, it started with my two business partners. Um, one of them was, was lived in my neighborhood, was a good friend. I went over to his house cause he just moved in and, and I was like, Hey, how can I serve you? And, you know, long story short, he looks at me and is like, I need a CEO. And I think the key to that is that he was willing to accept the fact that he needed help. Yeah. Right. I think in every business that I've ever seen, there comes this, there comes this point where you've taken it as far as you can take it and, and you need help. Now, whether that help comes in the form of this podcast or comes in the form of hiring new people or bringing on new investors or what, there comes a point in your life where you get to a situation and in order for you to take the next step up or you either need a little bit of a push or you need a little bit of, of help or you need new ideas or new concepts or what that will make you a better person, a better individual to, to the world, a better leader, a better employee, a better, just better. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this is about helping that person that is trying to find that next level in their life. It's the ability to grow both personally and in your business. And the people that are looking for that next level, the people that are trying to figure out how do we, how do we turn the corner? Um, there are some amazing stories that we're going to talk about and, and share and some amazing experiences and frameworks that we put in place that allowed us to, to not only just ride the wave, but to stay ahead of it and to drive that thing to an amazing, amazing experience. A lot of the concepts that we're going to talk about, it seems like sometimes people don't understand you know, but like we kind of get them and, and our teams would, that would embrace them would flourish from them. Uh, if you feel like maybe you're not understood, you know, at work, uh, every time you talk, nobody listens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think this is for you. I think if your business is stuck, if you're in the Artex, uh, if you are in the, or stuck in the swamp of sadness, I think this is for you. If you feel like your business is slowing down, you know, we, you just kind of described Ryan. Um, but I would also say like, if you think it's growing like a we- like a weed and you can't control it, then, you know, we'll have some, this, this is definitely for you as well. I mean, we, we're not surfers. Only one of us is a skateboarder. I've got terrible balance, <laughs> but I can ride a growth wave, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I think just to add to that and, and wrap it up. I mean, if you have any interest in personal development, leadership development, uh, continuous improvement, 
right? Whether that's personally, professionally in business and marketing, um, as a, a leader of any capacity, right? Leading your own growth journey, leading in the home, leading within your company, leading without authority as someone that wants to make change, but may not have the title or the position, like the, the concepts, the frameworks, the stories, the experiences, the tools and tips that we'll be sharing over these next episodes, um, you'll, you'll find a lot of value from. And if so. that's too broad for you, if you are seeking a nine figure valuation, <laughs> this podcast is for you. <laughs>